Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, we're going to continue our deep dive this morning into the, well, the very confusing very frustrating and conflicted world of sports parenting when it comes to travel and select and club teams. Now, look, last few weeks we've been talking about uh, how to cope uh, if your kid ends up with a bad coach and how moms and dads need to carefully guide their athletes uh, throughout uh, those rough times. But this morning, we're going to shift a bit and we're going to talk about how parents need to figure out What's the best pathway going forward for their athlete when it comes to playing on a, on a travel team? And specifically, how in the world does a parent and a youngster figure out which is the best travel or club team for them? Now, just an important reminder, you already know this, but it bears repeating. When your youngster plays for their school on a school team, Well, of course, there is no payment being made directly from the the mom or dad to the coach. That is, you know, kids play on high school teams, and the coaches are paid by the school district, not obviously by the moms and dads. But when your child tries out for a travel or select or club team, well, there's an important and significant difference. That is, you you are now going to pay for your youngster to be in that team. Your payment will go directly either to the coach or to their organization, which oversees their their program. And again, that's really significant, and it can be very expensive. Anywhere from a low, depending on the sport, anywhere from a a low of perhaps a couple of thousand dollars to well over 10,000 for the year. And in most cases, That fee to be in the team does not cover the cost of transporting your child to weekend tournaments and games uh, during the course of the season. You're the one who pays for the hotels and food and gas when your kid plays in various uh, away games. Okay, so let's, let's start at the very beginning. And again, friends, we'll take calls about this, as I know this is always a chronic concern, uh, 877-337-6666. Let's start at the beginning. <clears throat> Your youngster is good at sports, and he or she likes competing, and 
it's pretty clear that they want to get even better. And as a sports parent, you are excited for them and for their prospects of becoming a top athlete. And so maybe around the age of 8 or 9 or 10, you begin to hear about the next step in their progression, playing perhaps for a local travel team. Now, a travel team is a, usually is comprised of those young kids in a town who show some athletic talent at a very young age and are eager to play against some better competition. Travel teams are often, as you probably know, often organized and put together by a local parent who also happens to have a child who the parent feels has some athletic talent. In other words, it's the mom or dad that puts together the travel team and then begins to get the word out and begins to attract other kids to try out for the team. Now, travel teams play against other local travel teams, usually in the same town, sometimes the next town over. And sometimes a select team will be organized by a a local parent who wants to put together what he or she thinks are the best players from the other local travel teams, and that becomes a select team. So in other words, the select teams are comprised of kids from the local travel squads. Again, travel teams, select teams are programs that are paid for by the parents. The next level are club teams, which are organized by coaches who want to attract what they feel are the best young athletes uh, on the various select and travel squads. Club teams are routinely comprised of kids not just from one town, but from, from many towns. And club programs are ideally designed to provide your youngster with elite coaching and instruction, as well as lots of practice sessions and lots of games and tournaments. And by the way, just to be clear, there are club teams in a variety of sports, baseball, softball, lacrosse, soccer, ice hockey, so on and so forth. And again, as you might imagine, club sports are very, can be very expensive and can be very, very time-consuming, particularly if you have uh, more than one child and your other kids want to spend time with you on the weekends. Well, you got to figure out your calendar because you're going to have spend a lot of time on the road with your youngster and that club team. All right, so that's the basic landscape of, of travel, select, and club teams. And again, I realize there are exceptions along the way, but that's the general fix. And again, this happens not just around here, but all over the country. It, it's it's a, a national, national kind of uh, development. Now, the question I asked at the start of the show, how do parents pick and choose the right travel, select, or club team for their athlete? And again, I have to say this again, you've heard me say it many, many times on the show, there are no rules or regulation or guidelines or state or federal mandates or laws. This is the wild, wild west. Again, parents have expectations for their kids when they get on a team. After all, it's exciting to be, if your kid makes a, a travel team or is asked to try out for a select or a club team. <laughs> but... I have to tell you, if things go sideways during the process, you as a mom or dad, you have nobody to turn to. So if you're looking at this situation, and again, this is something that parents have to take seriously. It takes a little time and effort, but you got to do your homework. If your son or daughter is thinking about playing our travel team, or you think that's the general next step for them, or you're, or you're excited about it, and that's fine. I mean, you want your kid to obviously progress and to develop their skills. First thing you want to do is see if, if the, that, that travel program has a website. Okay, many of them do. And again, 
let's be very candid about this, and there's nothing wrong with this, but you know, most of these travel programs, these are for profit. They are, they are basically put together by coaches who obviously want to extend their coaching abilities uh, and, and make some money in working with your youngster to develop them. So, but how do you know what to believe when you get to the website? Well, the first thing I would do is check out the coaches and their background. You got to see what their credentials and experiences are in terms of working with kids. Because after all, you're going to spend a lot of time with these coaches, actually your kids are, uh, over the next uh, year or so. So you better do your homework first and find out if this coach really has some educational background, has really worked with kids in this age bracket, uh, and so on and so forth. Because I will tell you, it's sort of generally accepted with travel programs that there's a certain amount of turnover every year uh, with the coaches. Uh, particularly, it's true with, with, the, um, with the youth coaches. So let's make sure as you as you, if you do your inspection and analysis of the coaches that your kid might be playing for, check out what they've done, what their experience is, and see how long they've been with the program. Because, again, <laughs> you're basically entrusting this coach to work with your son or daughter over the course of several months. Okay, that's the first thing. Again, with websites, you understand like any website, this is a selling tool, and they're going to be look. They're trying to sell you, and entice you, and engage you in how great a program they run. So bear that in mind. Take it all with a couple of grains of salt, because you know they're only going to put their best foot forward. And a lot of websites, especially with club teams, they will extol you with uh, all their virtues of how many of the kids have gone on to play in college programs. Well, okay, check out the colleges and see how competitive those college programs are. Uh, there's no way of knowing if that kid actually played one game in the, for the club team or played for an entire year. Bear that in mind as well. Uh, again, you want to you just use your common sense and your own instinctive judgment when you judge these these websites or these programs. Um, and again, some of them, many of them are legit. I'm not saying they aren't, but it's up to you to sort of find your way through this. Again, look for the coaches' backgrounds, look for their experiences, how long they've been with the program, and obviously check out uh, the, the progress these kids have made if they go on to play in college. The other thing, too, a lot of these teams, a lot of these programs will talk about they're highly ranked, that there's some sort of national ranking. Well, you know, ranking of athletes, I mean, gee whiz, uh, teams, uh, yeah, again, I take that with a bit of a the jaundice eye because, at, like with college football, you know, basketball, well, those are collegiate athletes who've all gone through high school and, and have played in the collegiate level. That's pretty well scouted and, and more legitimate, certainly, in terms of rankings of, of kids on travel teams in their teens or younger. So, again, keep the rankings. It's nice, but, again, it's all much of, for the most part, just a sort of a public relations kind of uh, effort to, to attract some more eyeballs to their site. Now, most importantly, tryouts. And again, you got to be delicate about this because, you know, on one hand, you, you want your kid to go out and, 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 and try out for these teams. That's fine. And you don't want to leave the impression with their coaches that you're one of, going to be one of those parents who ask a lot of questions and it might be potentially a pain in the neck. I understand that, but you are going to pay a lot of money. So let's do this. Let's find out about the tryouts and find out how they are run. First of all, you have to bear in mind that there is no universal standard or, or, or basic way to run tryouts. For example, some teams, may the coaches 
they already know which kids they are bringing back from the year before. So they don't have to go out and try out. Uh, perhaps the coaches who are running the tryouts, they're just looking for any new kids who uh, have to, who because they want to fill a certain position. So looking for any new kids who might suddenly come out and try out for the team. And unbeknownst to you, where the kids trying out, the coaches running the tryouts, they may have already invited other kids who are not at the tryout to be in the team. In other words, they've already extended offers to other kids and said, don't even worry about trying out. We want you to be on our team. So in other words, the tryouts are not necessarily going to be run in a fair or equal or democratic way. But don't expect the coaches to tell you any of this. As far as you know, your kids are going to go out and try out, and they're going to, have, they're going to be nervous and anxious and so on and so forth. But they may be thinking the only kids who are trying out for this team are the kids at the actual tryout session. fact of the matter is the team may already be set. They're just trying to fill in a couple of holes. They're looking to see who else uh, might be they didn't know. Maybe a kid moved into the neighborhood who has some talent. Uh, as I said, they've already told other kids, you will be in the team. Don't bother trying out. fact is uh, I have seen this happen uh, in certain situations, and I tell you, it's really unethical. So be careful. Oh, yeah. By the way, you, you'll definitely get charged for your kid to try out. It is a money-making venture. But, again, be cautious. Ask up front, are these all the kids trying out for the team? Are anybody other kids already on the team? Are kids already back, who played in the team last year, are they automatically back on the team? Find out because, again, you might be in for a, a real su- sudden disappointment, or your kid will be, when you find out the kids who made the team that necessarily did not go to the tryouts. Um, in terms of payments, I think that's a very fair question. Uh, if your kid uh, is, is, is finds out that they have made the travel team, or the club team, whatever, well, obviously the programs, they'll all want the payment up front for the entire year. See if you can work that out and say, how about if I just pay you on a, on a per-season basis? So if the, if the club team is going to run from September to, into, uh, to May, why don't I pay you like uh, a small part of that uh, up for, you know, for the fall season, pay you more during the winter, and pay you more in the spring? Because, again, once you transact that money, it's going to be real hard in most cases to go back and get the, any refunds. Again, that's just common sense because, again, you don't have anybody really to complain to if uh, things don't work out well with your youngster on that team and somehow that your kid leaves the team and you paid a, a good amount of the money up front, how to get your money back? Well, that, that's going to be a problem. Simple as that. Um, find out, of course, about A and B teams because I have to tell you, a lot of these programs, they have A teams and they have B teams. And the general sense is, like it's parallel to like varsity and junior varsity, that if somewhere across the during the course of the the season, that if somebody on the A team, I don't know, uh, gets injured, gets sick, drops off the team, whatever, that they'll automatically promote somebody from the B team to take that kid's spot on the A team. Just like with varsity, somebody uh, you know falls away from the varsity team, they promote from the JV. That's not necessarily what happens with travel and club teams. Many times, they don't even bother looking at the B-team players. They just go out and they try to find a kid from, from a, uh, a rival uh, club team, and they try to basically entice them or poach them to come play for their A-team. So find out in your early conversation with the coaches, uh, how many kids from last year got promoted midseason from the B-team to the A-team? Just 
find that out because you, they might say, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Well, can you give me some specific examples on how much time did the kid from the B team get on the A team? Because after all, the other part of the problem is the kid may be, you know, doing quite well and getting a lot of playing time on the B team, but then gets the A team and just sits on the bench, which is kind of obviously counterproductive. You don't get any better. Your kid doesn't get any better sitting on the bench watching other kids play. Again, the, these are concerns that then hopefully there's a, 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 a flyer, a statement, a letter that comes out from the coaches and the travel team at the top of the tryouts to help explain all this. <laughs> because quite frankly, it's, it's, it's awkward to then go up and say, hello, my name is so-and-so. Can you tell me more about your club team and your priorities and how you run the program? I think that's something that a lot of parents get tripped up by because they're afraid, they're timid, they're naive, and you shouldn't be because, after all, this is a business transaction. So get the answers. Get the answers about payment. Uh, get the answers about A and B team, tryouts, how they're run, who conducts the tryouts. Understand that they don't have to tell you anything, and if they start – giving you a sense of like you ask a lot of questions, uh, nobody else is bothered by these things, we've done this a long time, nobody complains. If they give that kind of like a bum's rush, maybe that you take that as saying, hmm, maybe this is not where I want to be. Because quite frankly, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, there weren't that many other options for travel uh, or club teams. But the fact is, there are now. So if your kid's a good athlete and wants to play sports uh, at, at a more elevated competition level, look around. Don't be, so, don't be so eager just to jump on the first team that uh, pops up on the horizon. Do your homework because, you know, honestly, you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money, and you're going to spend a lot of time having to work with your kid if things don't work out the way he or she had hoped to. All right. Let me take a time out. We have a lot of things to cover. I'm sure we'll have a lot of calls about this topic. 877-337-6666. That is our number. When I return on the other side of the commercial messages, we'll continue on with our conversation about what to be careful of when it comes to travel select and club teams. Stay with me. Talking this morning in great and candid detail about what sports parents really need to know and to ask before their kid tries out for a travel or selector club team. I mean, as again, we have to understand and accept this. This is a business. There are many of these programs that are well run and they do things the right way, but there are still too many out there uh, that are these, these kind of uh, programs that are really just run as money-making ventures. Uh, you've heard me talk about this endlessly. There is no commissioner of youth sports. There is no central website to go to if you have questions or concerns. There are no rules and regulations. You, as a sports parent, are on your own. It's as simple as that. Okay, let's, uh, let me bring in our calls. Our number, our number of course, 877-337-6666. Um, let me uh, bring in uh, Hall of Fame coach Jack Smithlin. Uh, Jack, I know this is a topic that is near and dear to you. Uh, good morning. Let, let's get into this a little bit. Tell me your thoughts about uh, what you've seen over the years with travel and club teams. Well, you, you know, Rick, you've covered so much in your intro, and – and you hit it right on the head. I mean, so many different things have to be done. You know, it, it's almost getting to the point that when parents and kids are trying to pick a club or a, or, or a select team, travel teams most of the time, like you said in your intro, are like the all-star teams in town and picking, you know, right. the, the best kids in town to go play other towns. You know, that's, 
that's a lot of the a lot of the times the travel teams are sponsored by their the town's rec program. Yes. But once you get to the select, where you're out there now, you know these towns don't want to pay for other kids from other towns playing on your team. So these become these 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 select teams start to become more of a a club program or you know or, or an elite travel program. You know, but doing your research and you know people, you do have to understand, like Rick said, this is a business. And over my years, you know, you know, you've been listening to the show. Uh, I'm on the show, you know, all the time, and I I love the show. The the education is is so important because this particular topic is very important. It's gotten to the point where you got to actually pick a club team the way you would pick a college, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I mean, you you got to find a program that fits the needs of your child, whether it be softball or, or baseball or soccer or basketball. You know, th- it's very very important because these coaches are going to be a very big part of your child's life and yours. You know, a good friend of mine, his son is a club player. This kid's right now in the process of trying out for four or five different teams. And he's that good. He's going to probably make every one of those programs. And, you know, he gets he's the type of kid that will get to pick and choose because probably every team that he tries out for is going to want him. And, you know, there's not too many kids out there like that. So, you know, when when a, when a club program comes to you and says, listen, you know, you know, your kid is great. Yes. You know, it's it's a great feeling, but. Don't always believe it. I mean, you know as a parent, and one of the biggest things that a parent has to do is be realistic in his in his child's ability to play whatever game it might be. Because, you know, we get that big, you know, that big head that my son and my daughter is being asked to play at this level. So, you know, you have to really, really pay attention to what Rick said in his intro. you got to research it. The best thing to do first is to go watch a practice, two, three, four practices. Because you might go watch that one practice and they have a great practice. Coach doesn't rip a kid apart, you know, because everything's going well. You know, this friend that I'm telling you about, his dad is very, very, very educated in in the club process and trying out and trying to pick a club team. And he said, you will not know what that program's completely about until you're halfway through the season. He said, there are coaches... Go ahead. As I say, just to emphasize, underscore what you're saying there, uh, parents just sort of are, I'm afraid, I don't know if they're just idealistic or naive, but uh, to your point, uh, you're not really going to know what you, what it's what the experience is like for your son or your daughter unless you go and watch that team run some practices. Uh, because yeah, And you do it in a sort of like a... Um, you know, a, a sort of a clandestine way in the sense like you don't don't go out there and just stand in the middle of the field or, at, you know, and watch. Just observe as an outsider to see how the coach interacts with the youngsters. Uh, is, is he or she a yeller, a screamer? Are they paying attention? Are they just, you know, uh, you know, using uh, talking on the cell phone during practice. Do the are, are practices organized, or they're just scrimmages? I mean, these will give you the real kind of insights you want as to just how seriously these programs are run, and also whether or not your son or daughter would 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 fare well under one of these coaches. You know, a lot of them are the travel programs or, you know, these club teams that all they do is play games. They yes. don't practice a lot of them. <laughs> so right. you're not getting the instruction that you need. You know, when a kid is 16, 17, you're playing on an 18U team, you know what? 
Uh, that's 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 okay. She still has some warm up practices and stuff, you know, because at that age, their level should be almost to the point where you know you're capable of going and playing at the next level. But when you're talking when you're talking about eight U, ten U, twelve U, that should be all instruction. There should be more practices than there are games. Yeah, and, you know, I- a lot of these a lot of these companies advertise, and like you said. You can't believe the advertisement. You know, tryouts for this program. There was a program here in North Jersey run by an ex-Major League Baseball player. And he had tryouts that he only needed one or two players on the team. That's all he needed. He needed to fill two slots. But yet, there were 150 people trying out at $150 a shot. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. do the math. Yeah. You do the math on that one. Jack, so, I, I, it's, 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 again, it, it's, it's one of these things where – uh, parents, uh, of course, they, they only see their kid as being uh, one of the elite athletes. But again, it, 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 to your point, the practices, I know, for example, uh, in ice hockey in Europe, for every one game at the youth level, for every one game they play, they have at least three practices because the coaches realize the kids only get better and develop their skills and skating and stick handling if they're at practices, not necessarily during the course of a game. Uh, same in, in, with baseball in Japan. The kids go to more practice sessions and games. So, again, parents love to watch their kids play in games. So that's what a lot of these programs, they cater to that and say here in the States, hey, we're going to play, uh, go to tournaments and play games every weekend. Maybe we'll have a practice once a week. But, again, how do kids learn how to hit a baseball or how to bunt or how to steal a base or how to throw strikes if they're not being taught at practice? instruction is key at the younger levels and a lot of these a lot of these programs just don't emphasize that 150 percent correct on that because you know instruction like you said you know the skill work is one thing the experience is another there's nothing better than game experience but if you're not you're not improving your skills each week you know those game experiences can be terrible game experiences and it could turn a kid off very easily but you know parents just do your homework like rick said at the beginning you must do your research look at the coach watch your practice Ask other people. You know, all these club teams have their own websites, you know, and they yeah. and they promise you the world, and their philosophies turn out to be nothing like... Listen, I read a study just recently, maybe about six or seven months ago, and it said that 85% of all the club programs that are out there today are because of the money. They're yeah. not to produce great athletes and great kids. Remember, as a coach, as a teacher, as a mentor... Our job is to produce great people, not great athletes. That comes along the way. And what athletics teach us every single day are all those life lessons. So if we're not going to use it the correct way, don't do it. Really, don't do it. And instructors, do your homework. You know, like I said before, there's no bigger heart than the heart of a a volunteer. But if you're going to be a volunteer... Do it the right way. Learn what's being taught today, not what you were taught 25 years ago because you played college baseball or college softball. Learn what science changes things. And the hitting today is much different than it was when Ted Williams played and hit over 400. You know, in his book, he even says at one point in, in a certain way, I don't know if I can hit the hitting today, <laughs> that pitching today. Jack, so, me, you know me, what? Let, ahead, me come, let me come back so to it before before we uh, get to another commercial break. I do want to come back to a point which happens and comes up all the time, and that is particularly with with, with kids and their parents 
uh, sometimes even grandparents, kids in, in a local town, and they say, well, the, 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 my kid's on a team, whether it's baseball, softball, whatever the sport, maybe basketball, and it seems to be run by parents uh, who organize or volunteer to be the coaches. And my kid is not getting the kind of um, uh, attention that I think he or she should get. And people say, well, what should I do? Well, volunteer. I mean, <laughs> if, if, if your town has a program at the youth level where they're asking for parents to help out the coach, it, then that's the golden opportunity to get involved. If you don't get the time to be the head coach, by all means be an assistant coach, so at least you're involved in the uh, the process of who's running practices, uh, how the skills are being taught, how the starting lineups are put together, and so on and so forth. But if, if you're not involved, then it's your own fault when all of a sudden your kid's on the bench because all the other dads and moms are out there you know, coaching their kids. Um, this is, again, sort of like a, as a precursor to, to travel teams, but this is where it all starts. You have to make that effort. And, and you know, Jack, I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, it's, it, people say, well, that's daddy ball. It's daddy ball only if you don't volunteer to get involved yourself. It's as simple as that. Right. I told you the story two weeks ago, I think, about Alex's team. There were seven coaches on the team. Well, yeah. And I, and I, named, all, I named all their kids, left field, right field, center field, shortstop. <laughs> you know, the point is, is that and Alex didn't want me to coach. And I personally, you know, I didn't want to get involved with that group, even though I knew all of them. They were all great people. But, you know, there's now, if you think about it, seven coaches, that's only two positions available. That's so right. Alex had to fight his way in. He made the team. And he wound up beating one of those outfielders out for a position. So, you know, when you talk about daddy ball, you're absolutely right. It's only daddy ball when you're not helping out and getting involved. And But once again, don't be that that um, helicopter parent or that bulldozer parent that you're only doing it so that your kid doesn't get, you know, get, get, get not looked at or, you know, inappropriate behavior to them or not being fair well, to them. Do it because you want to help and you yes. want to teach and you want to instruct. It, it particularly, and I agree with you, because uh, you don't want to get a reputation of being a helicopter parent and always meddling and intervening. However, uh, again, in the early years, if you want to make sure that uh, your kid is not overlooked because you look down that, uh, that lineup and there's all these coaches there who all have kids on the team, understand that mm, maybe I should spend some time being an assistant coach as well. Again, uh, once a kid gets to the point where now we're looking at perhaps playing on a travel team, uh, well, then you sort of say, okay, now who's running the travel team? And I guess it all starts with uh, the coach making sure that his kid is on the travel team. And maybe the kid's friends are on the travel team as well. So that's where it starts getting a little dicey and a little tricky. As I said before, you know, and Jack, we've discussed this, there are so many other options these days in terms of other travel or, or club teams that hopefully uh, if, you're, if you're a little wary of the, of, the, of the team that your kid is trying out for, Find another team to try out for. It's as simple as that. So, hey, Jack, I got to take a break. Uh, as always, uh, thank you for your good thoughts on, on this point. It's obviously something that people take very, very seriously. And again, I just wish we had some real, some real guidance uh, uh, that was universal as to how to solve these issues. Jack Smith, and thank you again. Let me let me take a, a break. When I return, I'll stay uh, and go right back to your calls at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Back here on the Sports Edge, uh, of course, you can always find me at AskCoachWolf.com. 
and you can follow me at Twitter on Ask Coach Wolf as well. Um, and you know, you should just reach out to me if you want me to come and speak to your local town or a sports uh, group about the issues that we discuss uh, each week here on the show. Uh, as you have uh, heard over the last few weeks, uh, the issues of sports parenting only become more and more complicated. Uh, you just go to AskCoachWolf.com uh, if you want to find me. Uh, before we get back to our discussion, a couple of quick notes. The, uh, the Greater New York Sandlot Athletic Alliance is having its 16, 16th Youth Baseball Awards Dinner on Thursday, November 18th. Um, the cocktail hour begins at uh, 6.30. It's going to be held at Russo's on the Bay uh, off of Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach. Um, New York Sandlot Baseball has been around for decades. Uh, and they do a, just a simply great job in, in giving kids a chance to play baseball and, more importantly, to learn about life as well. It's a wonderful organization. And I'm going to give you a couple of uh, some contact info here if you're interested in going to this dinner. Um, you can get uh, you go to, to purchase tickets. You can contact Thomas Sylvester at uh, 347-463-3602. Three six zero two. I'll repeat that in a second. Or you can email Thomas at uh, at Sylvester underscore Thomas at hotmail dot com. Tickets are ninety five dollars per person for the banquet. And again, you can reach Thomas Sylvester uh, for more information. Three four seven four six three three six zero two. I also want to pass along a sad note. A Tufts University female lacrosse pair choked to death in a charity hot dog eating contest last weekend. Maddie Nipcon was competing in a contest with other students in a Play for Pink breast cancer awareness fundraiser up in the Boston area when she apparently choked to death uh, during this hot dog eating contest. Maddie was a 20-year-old junior. She was pre-med. In addition to being a, a top lacrosse player, uh, she was also a star goalie in field hockey at Suffern High School over in Rockland County, academic, All-American. This is just a, a heartbreaking story in every way, and our sincere condolences go out to Maddie's family, her friends, and her teammates. Okay, moving on. Let's, let's go back to our discussion about uh, club teams and, and what Basically, you need to know as, as a sports parent, uh, again, there's a lot of ground to cover here, but all you need to know at the outset, if you're new to this world, is you understand that you have to do your homework first and foremost, uh, because this is a complicated, ever-changing kind of uh, landscape. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Coach Tom over in North Arlington. Tom, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm good, Tom. How are you holding up? Oh, hanging in there. Um... You know what? Your last conversation took out most of my thunder about about practice. Yeah. Um, basically, what I would say though is, and I tell my friend because he's just started coaching uh, travel. You always want to find out from the parent what are you interested in. Okay, the parent should know what he's interested in. Is it exposure? Okay, or now I'm talking basically at pre-high school uh, basketball or baseball. That's that's what you know I would know more about. But pre-high school. Okay, or to, to get your kid better, to make him better for other stuff. And I would say that's when you find out how much are they going to practice. Mm -hmm. Okay, more games and more tournaments, 
better probably for exposure, like you were talking about, uh, kids on three and four different travel teams. That I, obviously, you can't practice as much if you're, you know, running around. Right. But tournaments cost more, travel costs more, so your prices are going to get jacked up too. That's the other thing you have to worry about. Whereas practice, let's be honest, you get more done in one one good practice than you're going to probably get done in two weeks worth of games. You know what? The games, basketball, baseball, softball, whatever, there's one ball, okay, and one action going on. Obviously, if you were running a practice, you've got a lot more than one ball, one bat going on, and that's what you need to do. And just like you said, look at practice. Is everybody doing things? Again, baseball. You know what I mean? Basketball. Is there a lot of action going on? Do they know what they're talking about? You have to know a little bit, too. And the last thing I would say is, and this is what he has done, if you really love the sport, okay, and you're a little bit knowledgeable, okay, what I think you should do is after your kid gets into high school, goes on, get out there and do some travel coaching yourself. You will be three times the coach with your kid not involved. And the, and a lot of these guys end up becoming lifers because they love it so much. Yeah. Well, you know, Tom, let me come back to what you're saying about practice and how important that is because I, I think that is an essential element of all this, um, especially with kids who are just developing and learning um, what I've noticed over the years, and perhaps you have as well, is that they, if they, if they're talented, they usually have like one skill. I never forget, uh, you know, when my son was playing youth hockey, uh, there was one kid who had a particularly good way of of stick handling on one particular way of doing it, and and it it helped when he was probably you know 10, 11 years old to score goals. But and so it was very effective in games because he was obviously he had sort of mastered this skill. But that's all he learned to do. And whereas other kids were learning other skills and other techniques and, and, and sort of expanding their knowledge of skills, this kid sort of had this one trick, and that was it. And, he, you know, so what happens in the games is the games basically just reinforce that skill level you have or you already mastered. It does not help you expand into other areas, which ideally is what practice is all about, where the coach is going to say, okay, um, you're very good, let's say it's soccer. You're very good at dribbling with your right foot. Now let's try so you can dribble with your left foot. I mean, that's the idea of practice, where you have a chance to develop these other skills. And I'm afraid that too many, especially with the younger kids, that they just the games just reinforce or just continue to stamp what they've already learned and don't give them any sense of how to improve or to get better. Yeah, 100%. The, the analogy I can use for that, I know in basketball, is how many kids you see come up and – they're awesome dribbler or shooter, but they can only use one hand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 the game, you know, forces them. You play games all the time, and that's what you're going to do. And uh, you know what? Like I said, I'll be honest. You you get these parents who are worried. Well, my kid don't start. He don't play a lot. You know, he don't. Do, well, look. You know what? If you want him to play more, get him on a team where he's better in comparison because the other kids aren't as good. You want to play against good competition and you want to get better. You know what I mean? And and the last thing I can say is, as a coach, I coached high school basketball. The easiest day in the world for me was game day. Okay? Yeah. I had stuff prepared. I had, whereas practice, I had to work a practice schedule out. I had to do a million things. I had, I was going, I used to go nuts. Game was like before the game, everybody's like, I'm a little nervous, but, you know, I'm relaxed. I don't have to do anything else. <laughs> you 
No, I hear you loud and clear. And again, I think too many coaches, particularly uh, you know at the travel or club team level, they just Tom, they just sort of say, "I'm here." The parents want their kids to play in the games. That's what they're focusing on. And practice is sort of like like a filler activity, and it's not. Practice is, in many ways, at the youth level, more important certainly than the games themselves because we're trying to learn these kids how to improve and get better. It's as simple as that. Exactly. Tom, thanks as always for the call. Good to talk to you, my friend. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's go over to uh, Summit, New Jersey. Chris is standing by. Chris, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, good morning. Uh, it's the first time I'm calling. First time actually listening to your show. I have a, uh, I have a fifth grader. He's, he's not coordinated. He's not very good. Um, I'm kind of letting him do his thing because I played college ball. I wasn't coordinated. I wasn't good till seventh, eighth grade. I mm-hmm. see all the kids fighting. Their parents are are insane. Their father's five foot seven, a buck fifty. The bottom line is it's genetics, man. I'm six four, two twenty five. I tell my kid, don't worry. You're growing. You're not coordinated. You can't dribble a basketball. You, you can't hit a baseball. He's scared. I said, just just when you get when these kids get to seventh and eighth grade, and I lived it. When these yep. kids get to seventh and eighth grade, and and when they get to ninth grade. And I had 120 kids try out for my team. And then after day, after the first three days, we were dropped down to about 65. Because when you get hit by a 250-pound linebacker coming full speed, these kids right now in fifth, sixth, sixth grade, they get their head. You're either going to go left or you're going to go right. And that's the bottom line. I tell my kid all the time, just keep focusing, play the game. I don't, I don't hover him. I don't, I let him because I know he's going to be six four, six five, six six, and he's going to be a monster. I say just relax. These kids, their fathers are insane. They're 24-7 drilling them. The father ripped his kid out of a game by, by his ear. It was embarrassing. And the father's five foot seven, one fifty. What is the deal? What is going on? What are these, <laughs> these parents? What are these parents doing to these kids? Well, it's not what, right. What they're doing, of course, is they're driving their kids. Ironically, they're driving their kids away from the game for that That's kind of crazy, crazy behavior. It's, uh, and it's abusive behavior. And and Chris, to your point. Uh, and I've done some shows about this in the past, uh, about late bloomers in sports, and, and clearly that does happen. Uh, it almost seems like it's a growing trend. You have the right attitude here just to encourage your son, who's a fifth grader, and saying to him, look, look at the size of your father. Trust me, genetics are going to take over at some point, particularly when you get into adolescence. And one day, one summer, you're going to grow five or six inches over the summer, and, you, and you're going to you know, get the attention of the coaches because you're a big kid. Uh, it's so genetics. It's, yeah, I mean, so it's genetics. Every I've been on every level. I didn't play pro, but it's all genetics, and it's and then it comes down to the kid in in middle school. It happens around seventh, eighth grade. It comes yeah. down to that point where they decide if they want to do this or if they don't. My brother-in-law, six foot eight, three hundred and thirty pounds. He could have played NFL. The guy's fat. He just didn't want to do it. He was lazy. He was. So it comes down to the person. Yeah, your father can be supportive, but you see these kids now, it, and I see it all through first, second, third, fourth. It's insane. It's, it's terrible. I don't like what's going on. And I just sit back, I smile, and I tell my kids, you want to play? You want to play football? Just, it will come to you. Just Well, and Chris, I will, I will, as I said, I think you're taking the right approach here because, yeah, it's, and you make a good point. In the end, it's up to your son whether or not he decides he wants to compete as he gets older. Because obviously, it's one thing to, to say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm your dad and I'd love to see you, you know, go down that pathway. But it's up to your son to decide what he wants to do. And the second thing is, too, 
you know, uh, there's so many studies now about concussions, uh, and your kid is, you know, an average-sized kid, apparently. There's no reason to start playing tackle football or do anything, really, uh, uh, until he's in high school, until he's uh, older and in ninth grade and, you know, in a good, solid high school program where the coaches really are well instructed about about blocking and tackling. Uh, and I think that's the real concern here. I know it, it must be aggravating for your son and frustrating that he's still trying to find his way. Uh, and, Chris, thank you for your, uh, for your thoughts this morning, and, and best of luck with your son. But the fact of the matter is, again, that is, that is sort of – Sports Parenting 101, because we do see these other parents out there who are just driven to push their kids to all sorts of levels. And this is why we have these issues with travel and select and club teams. Friends, you got to it's great to have your kid play sports, but I'm telling you, you're going to have to do your homework. As you've heard this entire hour, check out these websites, check out the coaches, go to the practice sessions well in advance, talk, talk to other kids, other parents whose kids played in these travel programs, get a sense of what's out there, and then make a very sort of conscientious decision as to what the right next steps are for your son or your daughter. Okay, that's going to do it. For me and this edition of the Sports Edge, my thanks as always to the Zoo Man, Ed R. Zooman. Uh, I will see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.